3: Hi, Carolyn Stern. Welcome to Savvy Broadcasting Life Unscripted. I'm so grateful to have you here today. Uh, We're gonna talk about something quite important and that is leadership and uh, building it with emotional intelligence. How to harness the power of emotional intelligence which you've written about in your new book, The Emotionally Strong Leader. There we go. Yeah, very important. You know, I think a lot of people understand I have to be a leader in my organization for my employees, for my vendor, for my customers. But what does that entail? And then where does emotional intelligence show up for all of this? But before we go to all those juicy bits, uh, share a little bit about your backstory.
2: So why I actually wrote the book, um, I've been, you know, I've had my business for over, I guess, 16 years now, and I was sick and tired of hearing successful leaders say that sharing emotions should cause shame, and it was a sign of weakness, and hence why I called the book The Emotionally Strong Leader, Mm -hmm. because you can be emotional and strong. They're not mutually exclusive. And so I think uh, the reason I wanted to write the book was just I I, I really want to teach people to not fear feelings. Mm -hmm. Uh, Feelings, you can make friends with your feelings. Feelings are not, emotions are not the enemy. And it's really just about getting, learning the mental skills and cognitive strategies to be bigger and stronger than our emotions so that they don't take over our lives. And that's not strong arming our feelings, Christina. That's Mm not saying that we have a you know, a steely resolve not to feel that's not not that's not what the books about the books about paying attention to what you're feeling. And what is that feeling telling you about you? Wow,
3: I I like that you say, what is that feeling telling you about you? Um, Because I, I think you're right in being in corporate America for many years myself, I've seen this kind of tough, as you said, steely attitude. And it can make you know, your employees, your vendors feel like you're unfeeling. And uh, I think where people think you shouldn't bring emotions into the um, boardroom is when those emotions are unchecked and you don't know how to um, deal with them and maybe in, in a responsible manner and, and in a way that you're not all over the place. But as you said, if you say, what are those feelings saying about me right now? And how, you know, what what is it saying about me in the situation?
2: Yes, absolutely. And so I think the thing is, and what I wrote in the book is you can you emotional being emotional just means you feel things deeply i feel things deeply mm-hmm. but i'm also a really strong businesswoman, and so that doesn't mean i can't feel things deeply and be strong mm-hmm. and so the piece is is i had to learn my emotions were running me i had to learn ways to be bigger and stronger so that i could be an objective bystander of my emotions and and that's sometimes hard because their emotions are really personal and painful mm-hmm. But it's learning how to, what am I feeling? What is that feeling telling me about me? What triggered that feeling? You know, where did that come from? And, you know, why is it there? Why am I feeling what I'm feeling? And what can I do about it? If we can just spend time reflecting on our feelings, Mm. we can do something about it. But if we're just acting out and not even realizing, I don't know about you, but how many of us have been um, frustrated, but shown Mm. it as anger? Yeah. Right. Like, like all right. And so the challenge is if I could say, Hey, I'm feeling frustrated, well, what does frustration look like? What does it sound like? What causes frustration? Well, what causes frustration is unmet expectations. What causes anger is unfairness or injustice. Mm -hmm. And so knowing the different, the causal, the granular differences of those two emotions are really critical. But let's be honest, we haven't had an emotional education in school. Mm -hmm. I mean, I certainly didn't have. A good emotional, intelligent role models growing up. I didn't learn mm-hmm. it in school. And having been a university professor for the last 25 years, I see mm-hmm. how these problems are now plaguing our modern workforce, right? These, these students aren't learning how to assert themselves, so they take on the lion's share of group projects. Well, that's same. we graduate those students. We don't teach them how to be assertive. And then what happens is those students become leaders or employee, well, first they become employees in an organization. And they continue to not be assertive. They don't stand up. They don't say no when they want, when they want, when they need to. They don't know how to set good boundaries because we're not teaching them in schools. And so I think the challenge is instructors or, and professors need to start teaching rather than giving stress. We need mm-hmm. to start teaching people how to manage it. Rather mm-hmm. than putting people in teams, we need to start teaching how people how to work within those teams. And unless we teach them that emotional education, it's the school of life that teaches us these things
3: the hard way. Yeah, hard I, way. No, I, I totally get you there. Uh, and, and in fact, not only are um, a lot of people not including myself at the time, there were many times I worked in corporate America where I'd work 12 or more hours not knowing that I should put some boundaries up and maybe go home once in a while. Um, but also when you do get you know, first your employee, maybe you move up the ladder, you become a manager, supervisor, whatever the title might be. And now you're leading people but you don't have the tools in order to lead and then, as you say, you might um, be angry, which is you're really frustrated at your team you don't know how to maybe get your what you need across to them. And here's something else I've witnessed is sometimes when you when people have been uh, kind of promoted into these positions without the tools, they feel like, Oh, I got to be bossy, and da, 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 and tough. And um, it actually comes across as kind of me, but not really in an assertive way that helps themselves or the people that are under them that they're overseeing. Well, it's funny
2: that you mentioned that I wrote a story in the book in in chapter two, all about uh, in my when I first became, uh, I, before I was a university professor, I was a high school teacher. Mm-hmm. And I was, you know, tw- in my early 20 or mid 20s when I was teaching eight, 17, 18 year old students. Mm-hmm. And I had these two students in my class. And I, again, like you thought, oh, I have to be tough. I can't show them that I'm, you know, I have to be tough and rough and 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 uh, strict and what I ended up happening is there were these two students that got into a fist fight in the first day of class. We were, they, we were teaching an entrepreneurship class, and they were fighting about who, what business we were going to run as, as a school. And I thought, how the heck am I going to get these young kids to listen to me, let alone learn from me? And so what I ended up doing, and this is why, how I found emotional intelligence, is I started to connect to those students on an emotional level. I wanted to figure out what makes them tick, what made them who they are. And then what I did was these, you know, these were the challenging students of the school. Mm -hmm. And I did what everyone else thought I was crazy. I made both of them VPs of the company. So I made one the VP of uh, 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 production and the other one the VP of human resources. And I thought to myself, you know, and my faculty thought I was crazy. Like, why are you doing this? Uh, And I, I thought these kids probably never got any opportunity right they were considered challenged children and so they probably were never given that that uh, leg up and so I gave them that leg up but I connected with them and that's when I realized when you connect with people on an emotional level great things happen so not only did that one student so interesting as I wrote the book 20 years later yeah. I reached out to both of them to kind of find out because they were the ones that started me on this journey. I didn't know what emotional intelligence was back then, but I knew when I connected with them on an emotional level, great things happened. Well, what ended up happening with the one student, I couldn't find the, the Kyle, as I call him in the book, um, and sit, but I did find Cindy. And Cindy um, ended up being the most improved student of the school after I gave her that chance. And when I connected with her 20 years later, she had told me that she had just come from foster care, she had just been back into her home. So she was going through a, a myriad of, of emotional challenges at home. And because I connected with her, because I didn't you know, push her away, because uh, she pushed, she told me in the book, in fact, I quote her, like she pushed me because she was hoping that I would go away, but I pushed back and I met her where she was at. Well, great things happened. And that's the power of emotional intelligence. We all have this superpower within us. Think about it, Christina. Our universal language is emotions, right? We all speak, we, if, if I say to you, when was the last time you were fearful? You probably remember that moment and I can connect with you on that level. I might not have lived your life, but I know what it feels like to feel fear. And so if we can start using this universal language, we can have way more inclusivity and um, in a very diverse uh, you know, workforce.
3: Yeah, no, I, I totally, uh, I love hearing this because it, it does make so much sense. I think we've forgotten that getting in touch with emotion, no matter where you come or what life you've lived, one thing we can all relate to, we've probably all experienced emotions, the whole rung of emotions, Uh, that exist from fear to anger, distress, whatever. Um, And so we can all identify at least on those things, maybe not on life circumstances, but at least on emotional circumstances. Um, Yeah,
2: and what empathy is, what true empathy is, is, is feeling with, right? So I don't have to, so for instance, when I see we have a big homeless population, I'm from Vancouver, Canada. We have a big homeless population. When I see homeless people sitting on the street, begging for money, I always think to myself, I'm going to look them in the eye because I know what it feels like to be dismissed. And why are people not looking at them in the eye? It's because they feel uncomfortable. The people feel uncomfortable with their c- circumstance. And I don't know what it's like to be homeless, but I absolutely know what it's like to be dismissed. And so I connect with them on that level. And so whether yeah. I give them money or not, I can, I look them in the eye. I tell them, I, I hope you have a great day. Cause that's the connection we're talking about. You don't have to have lived someone's life to mm-hmm. know what it feels like to feel the emotion they're feeling. And the challenge is our emotional vocabulary sucks. We don't, we're not, we don't have a strong emotional vocabulary. So much of a, a, a much ado has been made about IQ and not about EQ in schools.
3: Mm. Yeah, absolutely right about that. (laughs) I remember going through, um, not what do you call it, um, uh, going to a psychotherapist many years ago and the one thing he would start with when we would get together is what are you feeling what do you feel I'm like feeling what's that to do with anything I want to tell you my stories he said no I want to tell I want to know how you're feeling about the situation and uh, him getting me in touch with that was imperative for us to even begin to work on whatever issues I was having and well we have we have a little emotions poster that we Hmm. give our clients that sits above
2: uh, our desk so that people can start to identify how they're feeling. And two of the big questions I ask in the book is, what are you feeling? Name a one word emotion feeling. So right now, Christina, can I put you on the spot? Yeah. (laughs) What one word feeling of how you're feeling in this
3: moment? Happy. Happy. What is that feeling telling you about you? That I'm doing what I should be doing, which is talking to you right now. (laughs)
2: so that is really powerful to know where your feeling comes from then you can do something about it Mm -hmm.
3: yeah Yeah. i get you and you know what i am also taking from your story getting emotionally connected to people at this level what it also brings to the table is that you bring humanity back like for that girl you mentioned in high school you believed in her you connected with her at an emotional level and that allowed her to believe in herself Probably yep. for the first time and yeah.
2: she went from fist fights to first in class, and that's what right. I named the chapter, right? Fistfights fights from first in class. and that's the mm. whole point is we need and our, when our stress goes up, our empathy goes down. And so what mm. we need to pay attention to and empathy is feeling with yeah. So how would I feel if I was someone who was a cha- uh, you know labeled a challenged student and every professor or teacher didn't give me uh, a leg up? And so I thought I'm going to make them I mean, this was a hard responsibility being the VP of this, this student business, they had a lot more responsibility regarding that. And so the thing that I feel is really critically important is you've got to start connecting, as you said, on this emotional level, because, Christina, I call it in the book. The inner iceberg, right? Mm -hmm. Think about what sunk the the unsinkable ship, right? The Titanic. It wasn't the piece of ice above the Mm waterline. It was the piece that it was the iceberg that was 400 feet deep and 50 to 100 feet wide. Mm -hmm. And, And that's what sunk that unsinkable ship. Well, people are a lot like icebergs. What you see of me is just my communication and my actions, Yeah, But what you don't know underneath the surface is my motivators, my stressors, my concerns, my attitudes, my assumptions, my unconscious biases, my personal beliefs, my thoughts, my feelings, all of that's underneath our inner iceberg. And what really emotional intelligence is, is talking to people on that level, getting into their um, inner iceberg, finding out what are your motivators? What Mm -hmm. are you afraid of? You know, what are you concerned about at work? that's what's going to connect people on an emotional level.
3: Yeah, I, I this is so imperative. I, I remember having a really difficult boss. Uh, I called her the boss from hell at the time. But we, we had this moment uh, where she went over what was going on in her life and she had some major stressors. And it was interesting because hearing that go on, what was going on in her life allowed me to say, you know, I get you a little bit more when you're being, ah, You know, not the friendliest, nicest boss I can get where you're coming from, why you might be a little curt or I feel maybe at the time disrespectful because there's something going on that I'm not privy to because what's going on in everyone's personal life, there's a million different lives going on and we're not privy to what's going on in their internal lives of all the people we meet.
2: Yeah, and I think emotional intelligence is truly about being curious, not judgmental. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's really easy for us to make judgments. Now, you know, now more than ever. Right. And I think with social media, that just makes it even easier because now we don't even need to look people in the eyes. We can state our judgments online behind a screen. And so the challenge is, is the next, like, think back for your, for your listeners, think back to someone that really is bugging you at work, Mm -hmm. whoever is getting underneath your skin. Why don't you start asking yourself, I wonder what's going on for that person to be the way they are like i'm always curious of how did they become the person they are today and rather than judgmental get curious and then i think when you you used your example you kind of you know if people could get curious so rather than saying so if i am frustrated but i show it as anger yeah rather than people just judging my anger right that's attribution bias right attributing a uh, an emotion to a behavior mm-hmm. but if 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 i was just angry And acted angry rather than you judging it as anger. Why don't you ask me, how are you feeling? Are you feeling frustrated? or Are you feeling angry? Because what I'm noticing is you're feeling angry. What what I see is that you're, you're seeming angry. That's the story I'm telling myself. Is that true?
3: Yeah. And then sometimes maybe they're not ready to talk about it. But when you go deeper and say, you know, I noticed you, um, you know, hurt yourself yesterday. Is there something I could do to help you or, you know, just bringing it to the table? Oh, well, yeah, you know, I've been my husband left me or, you know, I just found out I have cancer or whatever it is. Uh, people want to open up because when they're dealing with difficult circumstances, they want to be able to feel that they can uh, let it that people will hear them and understand them. And I think that's what you did for your student in high school and also the homeless people, because who likes to be lonely and not heard? I think it was Oprah that said the thing people want most is to be heard and 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 seen. yeah. yeah. And when people feel connected to, appreciated for, and uh, appreciated
2: for the work that they do and fulfilled in their in their job, it improves how they feel and perform at work. And how you feel affects how you perform. And so if we can start tapping into how people are feeling, mm-hmm. then we can in, in, improve. I mean, ultimately, as leaders, we want to high performance, right? Mm-hmm. But I, I, think about the last time you were emotional. How creative were you? Mm-hmm. Think of the last time you were stressed. You know, could you retain what you were learning, right? Mm-hmm. It, it, it's really our, your emotions impact our creativity, our decision making, our relationships, our communication. They impact everything and they matter. But unless we're teaching people about emotions and giving them an emotional education, like I said, the school of life is what gets us by. And I think we're doing a poor job. I think people need to have an emotional education. And I'm on a crusade to teach every unit, make sure every university's uh, program offers an emotional intelligence course. It took me five years to lobby at my university to make sure an emotional intelligence course was in the school of business. Why? Because my faculty said it wasn't academic enough.
3: Well, so, I think we need I think we need to bring it to grammar school in high school. Why wait that absolutely,
2: long? <laughs> absolutely. Well, absolutely. I think we need to teach these these young people as as early as they can. Yeah, at home and at school.
3: Yeah, why wait, uh, till you get to the point where you're, you know, fist fighting in, in high school or not dealing with things in, in, a, in a way that gets you fired from your job later on. Um, but this is imperative for every leader. As I said, most of our listeners are business owners in some fashion. But if you know, a lot of them might say, hey, we're doing well for a while and then things get tough. Well, this can always make you a better leader, getting more in touch with your emotions and building your emotional intelligence. But I want everyone to find out how they can get a very very own copy of your book. Um, How can they do that? The the Emotionally Strong Leader, how can they get a copy?
2: Well, and the reason, again, it's called an inside-out journey to transformational leadership because I want people to look within Mm -hmm. to find out what is their emotional makeup that's helping or hurting their leadership. And so how they can find me is they can go on Carolynstern.com book and they can pick their favorite retailer and it's available online or in stores all across
3: Canada and the US. Awesome. And is there any other upcoming events you want to share with anyone? I know you said you had some book signings coming up. Yeah I just did a book
2: signing this weekend. Uh stay tuned for you know check it follow me on social media Carolyn Stern um stay tuned for our next future book signing Um uh, we uh we don't have anything booked right now but we will very shortly awesome
3: well carolyn stern i just have to thank you again you've given so much food for thought um and wisdom to our audience thanks for coming to savvy broadcasting thanks for having me christina you betcha